known by love. I wanna be known by love. Known by love. If you are given a big bag of Legos, but you have no instructions and you have no box to look at, you're gonna really struggle. You're supposed to make Elsa's castle or the troll's village, or in our case, um, a Minecraft pirate ship. But you have no idea what it's supposed to look like in the end. You have no box and you have no instructions. Uh, my kids and I do these Lego projects sometimes and it's amazing how small and seemingly insignificant each tiny piece is. I can't tell you how many times we're at the kitchen table making these Legos and the kids are playing with the tiny little pieces, dropping them all over the rug, and we're missing these small, tiny Legos and they aren't found until I step on them with my bare foot two months later. You need every little piece. The little things make the big things. And it is a time-consuming process to make these random pieces look like they're supposed to look on the instructions or on the box. For this to become this, it's going to require patience. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit show us what we're supposed to be as humans. They're the box. They're the instructions. They are the qualities of Jesus. And it's not going to happen right away. It's going to take patience. Today, I, will be talking about patience. How many of you were just losing your minds there waiting for those words? You're getting so uncomfortable and impatient just in the very first sentence. So many of us are thinking love, joy, peace. That's what we've explored these last three weeks. Yes, that's amazing. But patience, hard pass, right? Patience is a universal struggle, isn't it? It's something we all struggle with. I was at a youth pastor's conference several years ago, and the general session speaker kind of gave everybody in the crowd this test to see if hurrying or rushing was an avid part of your lifestyle. I'm going to give you the same test now. See if you can find yourself in any of these scenarios. It's been a long day at work. You're driving home. And as you are driving home, uh, you get, you know, 50 feet away from your house. You can see your garage door. You play a little game called, let's see how far I can be away from the garage door and the buttons still work. Okay, so you're pressing that button just to see how far you can be away because you don't want to sit there and wait to pull into the garage, too much in a hurry to deal with that. Uh, the second scenario, you're in the grocery store line. You have to decide which line is the fastest. So you look at the amount of people, but not only do you look at the amount of people, you look at the amount of items that they have in their cart or on that little treadmill. Uh, and then you make the decision accordingly. And if you're really a psycho, uh, you hop in the line and then you follow where you would have been in the other line to see if you made the right decision. Okay, are you crazy? And then finally, you're driving home and you're getting ready to go up to a stoplight. And there's one car in one lane and no cars in the other lane. So you go into the lane where no one's at. Now, what happens if two cars 
are there at the same time. There's two cars, right? Uh, which lane do you choose? If you're crazy, you look at the make and model of the car and whatever car looks like it's faster, that's the one you go behind. You're crazy, so am I. Are we hurrying through life so much that we don't appreciate it or enjoy it? We might be alive, but are we really living or are we rushing? The pace of our culture and the speed of our world is in constant war with a lifestyle of patience. We live in a country that invented fast food. And when fast food wasn't fast enough, we invented the drive-through. And when the drive-through wasn't fast enough, we invented the double drive-through. And when the double drive-through wasn't fast enough, we invented the app. Because we want our food and we want our food now. It all sounds a bit ridiculous, right? If we say it out loud. How many of you guys uh, go to amusement parks, like Disneyland? You cannot enjoy yourself if you spend all day waiting in a line to go on a ride. So we invent something beautiful called the Fast Pass. So we can walk right on by the miserable masses of people who are waiting in line and we can walk right onto the ride. I don't know how old you were when the internet became a thing. Okay, it was about 20 something years ago. I was a freshman in college. Did anybody have a free Juno or um, AOL email account? Okay, uh, remember the bar that would tell you how long it takes to send an email? Okay, that is patience, right? It would take longer to send the email than it did typing it all out. Okay, you would hit send, you would go eat dinner, take a shower, go to bed, wake up the next morning, check your email, 43% sent. Researchers say that now, if we go to a video or a website on the internet and it takes longer than two and a half seconds to load, we won't go to it. We walk away. We want it now or we don't want it at all. Two and a half seconds. This two and a half seconds phenomenon has permeated more than just our culture. It has permeated the church. Well, God, I've prayed two and a half minutes nothing happens, I'm done. God, I, I tithed for two and a half weeks and there's no breakthrough in my finances, I'm done. I'm gonna stop tithing. I forgave that person two and a half times, the person hasn't changed, I'm done with this thing called forgiveness. And the Bible actually tells us to forgive 70 times seven to continually forgive. We are the only country in the world with a mountain named Rushmore. It defines us. Let's resist the rush and talk about patience. 1 Timothy 1.16. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul here is saying that God put his immense patience on display when he showed mercy to him, the worst of sinners. Now the kind of humility that Paul demonstrates here is something that we could all learn from. Uh, he calls himself the worst of sinners and he extols the mercy and patience of God. The Greek word here for patience is makrothumia. It's a compound word 
that comes from two different Greek words. Macro, meaning long. Micro, which is the opposite, means small. And then thumia, rage or anger. So you put them together and the impatient person is short to become angry or to rage. And, or a patient person, slow to become angry. The impatient person, they're really quick to get worked up about something or someone. The patient person is the one who takes a really, really, really long time to explode. Certain fireworks have an incredibly short fuse. Uh, we all know what happens when that happens in the real world, in our real lives. Someone says something and they, they explode. Someone said something and then in two seconds we're yelling at our spouse, we're screaming at our kids, we lose our temper at work, or we lose our temper on the road. And when that happens in our lives, it's not because of someone else, because it came out of us. Macrothumia is, is this long fuse, a slow fuse. This is a picture of patience. That even if it gets lit, even if your fuse gets lit, it has all the time in the world to be able to get diffused before there is an explosion. And God demonstrates his patience, macrothumia, in how he shows mercy to us, the worst of all sinners. James 5 says this, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. This passage speaks of our need for patience, not in the areas of life where we want it, but in the areas of life where we need it. Patience with circumstances. The farming in metaphor is a perfect picture of patience when it comes to circumstances because think about farming in the first century without modern day irrigation. For the farmer to receive the harvest, he had to wait for circumstances beyond his control. He had to wait for the rain. If he planted before the rain softened the soil, it might not bear fruit. Or if he harvests before the rains move the crop to their fullness, the harvest would be small. They had to wait for circumstances beyond their control. The rain. The adage was that if they rushed it, they ruined it. And God might be saying that same thing to you right now in your circumstances. If you rush it, you'll ruin it. You know it applies so much more than just farming, right? What are you waiting for? What is it in your life that it is so hard, so extremely difficult to be patient with, to be patient for. Maybe you're waiting for the one. That love song after love song comes up on the radio. Uh, love story after love story shows up on TV. Love story after love story shows up on your Instagram feed. And you're waiting for the one. And you're like, God, why? You're waiting. You're trying to be patient. Don't compromise because God is with you in the wait. Maybe for you it's not relational, but it's the workplace, right? You're trying to force something to work out at your business. Or perhaps you need to relax a little bit and let God work some of those things out. Maybe it's financial. You're so focused on your financial goals that you have no financial peace. So you are just stressing out. 
What is it that you have a difficult time being patient for? Now, I am not a picture-perfect person of patience. That's a lot of peace there, okay? I am not a picture-perfect person of patience. In so many ways, I am preaching to myself this morning. But there have been times in my life when I wanted to rush things. And if I did, looking back, I would have ruined them. Here's a principle for us. If we try to bring about things in our way, in our timing, it will equal personal regret. If we try to bring out things in our way, in our timing, it will equal personal regret. Even with this church, Prodigal, we're four years old, and our vision for this church is big. We believe God is in it. We don't think that this is just God's vision for us. We really believe it in the deepest parts of who we are that God's vision for our church is big. But we're learning to be patient because if you rush it, you'll ruin it. But the flip side of this truth is just as true. If we were to do things God's way, in God's timing, it will equal God's blessing. He, he doesn't always work according to our timing and our clock. I would venture to say that he never works according to our timing and our clock, but he is always working. He doesn't work in our time frame, but he is working. And here's one of the gifts that we often discover is that what God does in us while we are waiting is often more important than what you were waiting for. God, what God does in us while we wait is even more important than what you thought you were waiting for. Verse 10, brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. We must have patience with circumstances and patience with God. Remember the people God has used in the past. Think about Abraham. He was 75 years old when God called him to leave Ur and said, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless the world through your descendants. And how long he had to wait for his son Isaac to be born? 24 years. He was 99 years old when he had Isaac. Think of Moses. He was 40 when he left Egypt to go to the Midian Desert. And he was 80 when he came back out of the Midian Desert to lead his people out of bondage in Egypt. 40 years. Then the people had to wait another 40 years before entering into the Promised Land. Think of King David. He was anointed as the promised King of Israel when he was a teenager. He had to wait 22 more years before God appointed him as king over Israel. Every prophet had to wait on God. And God has a pretty good track record of keeping his promises. Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It might mean that God is wanting to do it in his timing not yours. And those almost never line up. He's calling us to patience, to trust. Corey Ten Boom wrote, 
Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. That is what God might be speaking to you right now as you wait, as you attempt and you try to be patient. Let me assure you of something. Contrary to what we desire, God is never in a hurry. Uh, we want fast food, we want a drive-through, we want double drive-through, we want the app, we want it now. God is never in a hurry. We failed the hurry test, God never does. He is not swayed by our Rushmore culture. His ways are higher. Has the quest for convenience permeated our Christianity? We want a moment of deliverance, not discipleship. We want success, not stewardship. We want wealth more than wisdom. And we want likes more than lessons. And God says, follow me. My ways are better. Is our quest for convenience killing our commitment to Christ? Let's see this patience thing in the life of Jesus himself, right? Uh, we have only a couple stories of Jesus's life before the age of 30. We have his birth, uh, and we have an encounter at the temple when he was 12. He is the son of God on earth, right? He is God on a bod. And when he was 12, uh, he doesn't tell Mary and Joseph where he's going and they leave. They figured he was with the caravan as the family heads back to their home, but he was actually in the temple hanging with the religious leaders and teaching them. At some point on the long journey home, Mary eventually discovers that Jesus is not with them. So she rushes back to the temple. She sees him and he says, Mom, I've got to handle my father's business. That's why I'm in the temple. And I bet she said, Jesus, Jehoshaphat, you get over here right now. Now, Jesus didn't have a middle name, okay? But it's not Jehoshaphat. But I bet his mom, first time she saw him, he's 12 and he ran away. Jesus, Jehoshaphat, you get over here right now. You do the dishes. And after this moment, this, this moment at the temple when he was 12, we don't hear from Jesus for 18 years. Talk about patience. He literally could have done miracles at 10, 12, 14, 18, 22, but he was doing dishes and learning how to make tables from his craftsman father, Joseph. They called him a carpenter. Well, where did he learn that? Well, he learned it in the season of patience. There are things ahead of you that you're not ready for because you refuse to learn during the season of patience. It's not just a season of patience. This is a season of preparation for what is to come. What is to come is something more beautiful, more good, more true than you even had hoped for. Jesus was patient for 30 years to have three years of a platform for three hours of purpose. Jesus lived for 33 years, 30 years of preparation and waiting for three years of a platform in his teaching and example in his life and his miracles for three hours on a cross for three days in a tomb into resurrection. Will you wait on God? Patience is a fruit of the spirit that requires time. D don't put God on Amazon status. Okay? If it's not here in two days, then you send an email and say, what's the, what, what's the delay? Or I send an email or a prayer saying, God, you're late. 
I want it now. Don't let convenience kill your Christianity. Wait. Wait for the rain. Wait in hope. Because hear this. How you wait directly affects how long you wait. Just ask the Israelites, the people of Israel. They were freed from Egypt. They had an 11-day walk to the promised land. 11 days. But on that journey, they complained, they grumbled, and they made false gods and worshipped other things. And those, those people, they turned an 11-day journey into a 40-year wandering. How you wait often affects how long you wait. How are you going to wait? Because most of us don't want to wait. Like my, my son Dex, uh, for so many years, uh, when, when he was home and, and he's three and four years old, and uh, he would go to mom and say, mom, when's dad coming home from work? And she would say, in a little while. And he'd be like, aw. Because he knew a, a little while meant way longer than he wants. When we wait, are we like him? Ah, we exhale, we're impatient. Perhaps the question for you is not how long you're going to wait, but how are you going to wait? Are you huffing and puffing while you wait? Or are you patient? The reason we wait, because the promise of God for you is usually discovered in the process of waiting, and the process will always require patience. A pastor friend of mine received a note from someone in his congregation last year when he taught on patience. The note read, Dear Pastor, when I turned back to God four years ago, I was most struck by the Spirit providing me with patience. I used to be easily angered and annoyed by everyone and everything. One day I came home from work only to find a yard work truck blocking my driveway. In the past, I would have huffed and puffed and thought, what are they thinking? But that day, my immediate reaction was to run in the house and bring out bottles of waters for the workers. Then I thought, wait, who am I? And I knew this was the Holy Spirit working in me and it seemed remarkable. I've been thankful for the changes in me these past few years, and it feels so good, especially the gift of patience. That is part of the joy of following Jesus, these moments of, oh wow, where'd that come from? I didn't used to be that way. Well, that's, that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's, that's us becoming like the finished product that God wants us to become. That's the little pieces coming together to create something cool, beautiful, more Christ-like. Sometimes we can't see the subtle changes. Sometimes it's one little piece and then another. And it seems as though you're not doing anything. But as you follow Jesus, brick by brick, Lego by Lego, we become like Christ bearing the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. 
God, I pray that you affect how we wait, not just how long we wait. Let us be expectant of the good things you have in store for us. And let us learn the lessons in the seasons of patience, in the season of preparation. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to thank you so much for joining us online at Prodigal Church Fresno. Next week is Super Sunday. And so we're going to have a ton of fun uh, to celebrate, to get you guys ready for the big game. And we've got uh, a food truck and some churros and some snacks and um, some inflatables. It's Sunday Funday in our PC Kids. And so it's glow in the dark and the gym, the lights are off and it's going to be unbelievable weekend. We hope to see you at 10 a.m. on February 13th in the Bullard High School Theater. We love you, enjoy your week. Grace, peace, and patience.